This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Broadcasting live from the 96.9 The Game Studio, it's time to go in the zone with your host, Brandon Kravitz. Welcome to the show. Happy Monday to all. We are live on 96.9 The Game, streaming everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. You are in the zone. The show of the Orlando sports fan, your host, Brandon Kravitz here alongside the maestro, Mike Tazi, a.k.a. 2K Taz, one year older as he steps into the studio today. We got you covered for the next three hours. You can text us at 50857. Coming up today, Jonathan Isaac news, exactly what we didn't want to see on that front. We've got weird news on the Guardians. They continue to struggle We'll have one of their linebackers on in 30 minutes. Anthony Richardson rips up the NFL Combine. We've got so much to get to. Uh, excited to have you in this afternoon. As always, an extended weekend for us. Took in some Bay Hill on Friday with my wife. Spent some quality time with the fam on Saturday. Half of Sunday. Off to the Amway Center uh, for Magic Blazers. Kind of a bummer of a result there. But it was your birthday weekend. You get to spend time with Pops. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I got some vitamin D, too much of it. I'm red, red like a lobster, but got to see baseball, got to see the pitch clock and how that works. A lot of offense. Maybe these pitchers aren't able to get set Hmm. and make the proper pitch in time, but I don't know. Uh, The Yanks need some excuse. They gave up 14 runs, and unfortunately what happened to be Dave Will's final call. I'd hate to get somber right away, but that was one of the things that was on my mind all day yesterday when I got the news, but... Um, shifting gears, it, it was a very good weekend. The Clearwater area, very nice, and uh, yeah, got to see pops. So uh, we're back in in the saddle, and uh, a lot going on. I mean, John Morant stuff. Oh my god, Jonathan Isaac's out for the year. Magic lost a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, we need it. We need an extension today. We've got so much to talk about. Um, as Tazi mentioned, I don't want to go another minute without. Yeah. Um, about sending our condolences to the Wills family. Dave Wills was uh, a raised play-by-play voice along with Andy Freed. We bring those guys on on a regular basis throughout the course of the baseball season ever since we partnered with the Rays a couple of years ago. And I always look forward to the chats that I have with both of those guys. Dave is one of the most authentic broadcasters that y'all ever talks to. He never beat around the bush. He was straightforward. I love talking baseball with him, and it it truly saddens me. 58 years old. I mean, that's way too young. Uh, It saddens me that we won't be able to have any chats this season. The voice of the Rays and somebody who helped contribute to this show, just getting him on the phone, it was always an honor to talk a little baseball in the brief time that I I got him on hold for you to talk to. And um, Yeah, even back in all throughout my life, just remember watching MLB Network highlights, and they do a nice job playing the radio feed and the TV feed and uh, hearing his calls just very unique and his Dave Wills uh, just very hard to believe, so sudden. Yeah, so uh, we'll pay tribute to him again throughout the course of the show, saddened by his loss, but we will do what Dave would want all of us to do, and that is carry on in this world of broadcasting. Uh, What we witnessed this weekend with the Arnold Palmer Invitational was nothing short of remarkable. We knew the field was going to be good going into the event, but it's made even better when the big names not only play, they deliver, and they play exceedingly well. We saw six different players take the lead on the final day yesterday afternoon. We started the tournament thinking that John Rahm was just going to run away with it. 
Uh, and then day two is all about the rise of Jordan Spieth. Day three, kind of like, you know, set the tone for Saturday, and the and the, the, the field started to tighten up at the top of the leaderboard. And then Sunday was unreal. Imagine what's going through the mind of Kurt Kitayama, who I have up here on uh, CBSSports.com. They did a list of all of the odds for all of the players that played in the Arnold Palmer Invitational, or at least most of them. And right towards the bottom of the list is a guy by the name of Kurt Kitayama. There are only, going into the tournament, of guys that you could bet on, because I think there's more than, there's like 65 listed, I think there's more than that, that actually play, but of guys that you can bet on, there's only one, two, three, four, five names that had longer odds to win Incredible. than Kurt Kitayama. Two twenty to one. To win this that? thing. I wow. mean, a totally random player. And he comes out and doesn't just win. Look at the names he beat at the top of the leaderboard. I'm sitting there and I'm like... Star-studded. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I will... What a way to start off March Madness, right? I'm telling you. So I'm, uh, I'm over here getting ready for the Magic game. And I'm actually, for the first time, maybe ever, I'm like... Yeah, I'm looking forward to going to the arena tonight, but I, I kind of want to watch the rest of this right now. And so I did act, actually get there in time. I had it on my phone in the car, which I know you're not supposed to do, but don't worry. I drove safely anyway, and the streets weren't that busy. And then when I got to the arena, I actually saw the, the, the closing couple of holes while I was sitting there up on the perch at the Amway Center. So it was a cool, like, all-encompassing sort of, Orlando sports feel as I've got Bay Hill on my laptop and I've got the magic warming up on the court. But what Kurt Kitayama did is unreal. So back to what I was going to say here. So imagine what's going through his head in this moment. He had never won on the PGA Tour. He hasn't really won all that much, period. He turned pro in 2015. He played on the Web Tour, uh, whatever that is, with very little success. He was ranked 1,174th in the world by the end of 2017. Then he went and played on the Asia Tour, he played on the European Tour, and then finally makes his way to the PGA Tour in 2021 after finishing 23rd in the Corn Ferry Tour uh, Finals. He was obscure. That's the point that I'm trying to make here. 220-1 to going into the event. He goes to bed on Saturday night. He's got a lead going into Sunday. Good luck getting sleep in that situation, by the way. Uh, And then goes out there scorching hot Sunday afternoon. As somebody that went out to the the tournament to like walk the grounds and, and follow a couple of golfers on Friday with Mallory, I was spent. Now, I did have a couple of alcoholic beverages, yeah. so that's part the of it. in the beds oh my always God. do that to you. But by the end of the day, and I didn't stay throughout the entire tournament, we probably went from like 9 a.m. to 2, I was spent. I couldn't imagine walking around that entire course with Locked the sun be- bearing down on you. And Friday, it was gorgeous. By Sunday, I don't know if you noticed or if you were in town on Sunday, it was brutal out on Sunday. So not only do you have the pressure of, I've never won anything, I've got the lead, I probably didn't get great sleep, now it's the hottest day that it's been on any of the four days of the tournament. Now let's look at the leaderboard. Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, just some of the biggest names in golf. That's all. And he went out, and then I can't even say that he totally delivered. Right in the middle of his final round, he triple bogeyed on nine. So now he went from the top of the leaderboard, slid all the way down to like fourth or fifth, and 
And it's not like he turned around and it was like birdie, birdie, birdie. He basically parred the rest of the course, but everybody around him started to fall apart. And he just level-headed, stayed kind of true to his game, didn't do anything spectacular, and then at the end was able to get a birdie on 18, and boom, he won the event. Between the drama of that, seeing somebody that is, you know, you want to go with the March Madness reference, this is the mid-major winning the tournament. While while around the Blue Bloods. It's not like uh, in one of those where you have, like, George Mason versus Butler before Butler turned it on. We're talking about... Uh, a, a single George Mason with Kentucky Duke and Back when those yeah. teams were good. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, true. Are they it, even going to make the tournament? I, I, well, Duke will. UNC is another story. They lost to Duke. That also just another thing that happened this weekend. Yeah. By the way, I didn't it, even get a chance to watch Duke UNC. Yeah, I saw bits and pieces. It, was it really extremely windy on Friday? It was. It was very was, windy on Friday. That's the weird thing about uh, about the tournament this year. I don't know if it's all that unique to it, but in terms of what I noticed weather condition-wise, it seemed like when we were out there on Thursday, there was a little bit of wind, but it was mostly fair. Yeah. And uh, like the conditions wouldn't have been much of a factor. There were gusts on Friday. Friday, it was very windy. I was standing there like, I don't know how these guys are hitting these balls where they want them to go. Incredible. Really, I have no idea. And then and then on, I don't know what, what Saturday what was special about Saturday. There was a little bit of wind there. But by Sunday, it was just brutal outside. Blazing. It was gross. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been a barbarian when it comes to making golf takes on this show, but uh, I will say in my novice amount of golf watching, there is something pretty special about that final day where you know exactly what the field looks like, you know exactly what everybody needs to do, and then it's very exciting watching it play out. So uh, maybe eventually I can become a little bit better in that area, but people that were locked in that final day must have been very rewarded for seeing how that turned out, unless they wanted somebody else to win. Well, that's part of the story I was going to get to, too. But um, I had a buddy who had Spieth, and this was after he had Carolina the day before, just judging by his tweets, and he was (laughs) disgusted. (laughs) <laughs> uh, the, the the drama was, was phenomenal. I think it was the best Arnold Palmer Invitational of all time. Now, my brain doesn't work in a way that would allow me to actually pull through the Rolodex of other Arnold Palmer Invitationals. I just know that this was as good as I've ever seen. And I, and I think it would be safe to say that that you wouldn't be able to come up with, if you are one of those people that has the Rolodex and the memory of what all of these tournaments have had to offer, to have one that's, that was this good with this many names, it was the most loaded field ever, and then on top of that, those guys were at the top. Those guys were exchanging leads with each other. It was phenomenal theater. That's exactly what you sign up for. Kurt Kitayama, this is the highlight of him actually winning the tournament. And he is about ready to take down the biggest stars on the PGA Tour. Step aside, all you superstars. Kitayama's in the winner's circle, finally, on the PGA Tour. Unreal. Um, as it pertains to me and the winnings, my streak of not winning a golf bet continues. I'm almost positive I've never won a golf bet, and I've been betting on golf for years. Gotta start paying attention to those Southwest wins. I but like the, I'm, I get so close. I had three golfers that if they won, I would have won something. Yeah. It was Scotty Scheffler, Rory McIlroy, and Terrell Hatton. Hatton or uh, Scotty finished fourth rory finished second and, and hatton was top 10 i saw hatton finished fourth 
So uh, two guys that finished fourth, one that finished second, and I'm and I'm watching at the very end. There were like three guys that could win. I had t- money on two of them, and Kitayama won. And it was hard to be upset because I'm so happy for the guy. You know, right? Well, if somebody besides the three guys that you bet on is going to win, have it be the most grand underdog. I mean, yeah. who would have really been able to know to pick a needle out of the hay with, with that big of odds? I mean, man, that's a lottery ticket right there, cashing. Yeah, big time. This is Kitayama talking about the win after the fact. I'm not sure, really. I think just you know a little bit of luck kind of finally went my way, and when it's that close at the top. That's what you need, and you know anyone probably could have won it, and uh, l- luckily it just happened to be me. Uh, yeah, humble. very, very humble. Uh, Humbling game. It is, it is, and I mean he hasn't seen a lot of success, so yeah, it's not like he can stand up there and be like, "Yeah, blow up the field." What are you going to do? <laughs> Give him the DX crotch. <laughs> he wins another end. one. Maybe he can adjust to yeah. that that way of speaking. Unbelievable. That's the kind of stuff we all aspire to be. Up next, John Moran has some soul searching to do, and the JI news that none of us wanted. All of that coming up after this.